The following is a production of DallasCowboys.com and the Dallas Cowboys Football Club. How about them, Cowboys? Yeah! Go Cowboys! This, this, this is Talkin' Cowboys. Streaming live from the Dallas Cowboys World Headquarters at the Star in Frisco. Street Street and now your hosts, Isaiah Stanback, Nick Harris, John Mashoda, and Kyle Yeomans. It's a Wednesday edition of Talking Cowboys presented by Black Rifle Coffee Company, the official coffee of the Dallas Cowboys. We are live from the SWBC studios at the Star in Frisco. Alongside Isaiah Stanback, John Machoda, Nick Harris, Chris Beam in the back. I'm Kyle Yeomans. Gentlemen, how we doing? Swell. Doing all right? Swell, man. You're you're coming in hot this morning. Coming in hot, baby. Hey, listen, I got a, I got a, I got a fan question. Competition's the on the mind Com- for Isaiah. Last year, my offer did not get accepted. Nope. I threw an offer upstairs. I'm not going to say any names, Kyle. Kyle can say You can say them. Kyle can say the name. I'm not going to say the name. Danny McRae. Danny McRae. I repeat it. Yeah. I put an offer out there. I said, Danny McRae, you want to see me? He, For some reason, he thinks he was faster than me. Mm-hmm. I said, he still does, by the way. And never in his life has his stat line or <laughs> analytics ever stated that he's faster than me. Mm. Not ever. But was he a return guy? Nope. Okay. Just for Mr. No. Warner. Okay. Was he on offense? No. He, uh, no. No. Okay. They didn't trust him with the ball? Ooh, damn! I just asked the question. All right, so just say, um, so I don't know why Danny's he, out here catching straight at nine oh two. This Danny McCray, you come see me, Dread Five Dread. He thought he was faster than me, so I offered up the challenge. Right? Was it ever? Was it ever received, Kyle? It was received. Did they act on it? No, no. And I have Beamer in the back to to be my witness. Okay, offered it up, didn't get accepted. Now I'm offering up another one. I want a Battle of the Cowboys podcast seven on seven tournament. Yeah, not just a straight battle. Like we're not we're not going Anchorman on this. No, thing. We're, we're going out and hitting the gridiron. <laughs> Anchorman. We're going seven on seven, and I don't think that there's any podcast out there, including the Players Lounge, that wants to see us, Nick. <laughs> At all. At all. Who's covering me? I have no idea. <laughs> That's what I thought. I have no idea. Who's covering John? Listen here. John is going to be out here like Gronkowski. <laughs> Jason Witten. Huh? I look forward to that. <laughs> That's a challenge. When you said the thing about Danny McRae, though, all I was thinking of is uh, how nervous I would be just on a just a straight-up sprint running mm-hmm. against somebody. And it, really, it's all because of that Kevin Hart video from like a month ago, where he was like racing out in that parking lot. Oh, line. he, he sudden, blew his hip out. Yeah, you're just like. <laughs> so the yeah. challenge, the challenge has been handed down, Beamer. If you had to take a since you since you work with every oh, single gosh, podcast, Beamer, put him on the spot. Yeah, I'm putting him on the spot, Beamer. Which podcast would you put your would you put your money on? Speak speak wisely. Make shots. Oh, Sorry, down. I have to shut stuff in here. It's, it's okay. a it's reverb. Okay. It's okay. Um, I don't know. Players Lounge is going to be tough because you got you got Church mm-hmm. and you got McCray. Okay, who's throwing That's the ball? One-two punch. Who's throwing the ball over there? Yeah, but they have the cover skills. Who's covering me? Barry Church can't cover me. <laughs> oh my god! Say <laughs> so Barry just oh hits people. God. He don't cover. Huh. <laughs> <laughs> McCray could probably lock you down pretty quickly. Ooh. Probably, yeah, probably. It'd Put be like a three. You, it's gonna be, be a like, three to nothing game. I'd be in prison. Yeah. <laughs> it's gonna be three nothing, and the only the only points will be John Machota kicking a field goal. So you could. So <laughs> let's let's put it out here I'll like this, okay? Because since there's four people, right? Four people on a podcast, you can go pick up an additional three guys from your network. So oh, so there's like some 
cross pollination yeah. possibilities. Yeah, so we will give them the ability to go find a quarterback. Okay. Well, I'll tell you right now, it's not going to play. Yeah. There's a lot of people that are just feared of torn ACLs. Well, in this you know, Nick like pulled his like quad, and it's yeah. still black and blue. I'm gonna read it. Like two years ahead. ago. You gonna get this? Yeah. Oh, we have resources now. Okay. <laughs> Don't you worry. <laughs> Even if I didn't want to play quarterback, I have another quarterback I could bring in as a ringer. Now <laughs> we were good. Who are you bringing in? I'm not telling them mm-hmm. so they can reach out to him. Mm-hmm. Is it I got re- from uh, from Oregon? Listen, or no, 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 Washington? This has to be local guys. It has nah. to be local guys. You know, I know Church and McCray, they'll probably try to see if Woody wants to come out of retirement. You know, that, we're not doing that. We're not doing Woody's that. Woody's upstairs. I know. That's, that's a local that's, guy. That's what I'm saying. They would try to go get Woody. Oh, yeah. Yeah. And Woody's going to be like, nah, I ain't going to do it. <laughs> and then Everson Walls, you can get it too, Ev. Can bring you out of retirement. <laughs> Well, I say it's having way too much fun. With All right, that's too fun. Hey, but Beamer. <laughs> so Beamer, you saw, it sounded like Beamer has, was going with players last. Nate Newton has a lot of guys you can get. Yeah. Oh yeah. Yeah, but that I mean, mean, but they have to play today. It's got the Rolodex. Yeah, but Troy sitting back there throwing dimes. Troy, Troy could ride a bicycle right now. He can't. He, that's what he does now, right? He's a biker now. He's not a he He's just throwing no, out strays. I would, I would be I'm stunned. Isaiah's about to have a lot of enemies. Wasn't throwing balls. He's, you think he's still throwing? Yes, I do. Yes. Yes, I think. All right, absolutely. Send us a text message, and then he'll call Michael. Mike's not running nowhere. Yeah. Okay. Mike's not running. I mean. Okay. Compared, so, compared to this side of the today, table, today, yes. come on, today, <laughs> Beaver, we're talking about today. Yeah, yeah. he's still running by this yeah. side of the table. I'm yeah. calling To. Oh, okay. Huh? Okay. Huh? Uh, is he, like, is he showing up? Yeah. Huh? He, he's still balling for sure. I'm calling T New. Okay. Huh? He's not local anymore. He might be local. We're just sitting there watching. We're just coaching. Real quick, T New is not local anymore. I'm sorry. He still has a house here. No, he doesn't. I don't think so. No. Secret. Send us a text message. Newman was in my wedding. I know exactly. I know. I know. I know. Who would win in a seven-on-seven style football showdown? Amongst the Cowboys podcast, 817-290-3298. There's your text line. That just happened. And if you had to add one person to each of the podcasts. Say one person. Who would it be? Yeah. Who would you pick? So there you go. There's the hypothetical. There you go. Come see All right. (laughs) Enough talk about that. News and notes, Nick. (laughs) What's going on? Yeah, so uh, Jerry Jones was on the fan this morning. Got a couple things to run through uh, via John Machota's phenomenal tweeting this morning. Hey. <laughs> um, we could start with uh, Ezekiel Elliott, obviously making his return to AT&T Stadium on Sunday, and he was asked if there's any uh, you know surprise or a- anything they're going to do for him pregame. And Jerry Jones said, "I don't want to blow a surprise." So um, yeah, looks like we're going to have something pregame for Zeke. Hmm. Okay, something for Zeke. What would you anticipate? Just a quick little ceremony or something big time? Maybe a video? I've, I've seen they've done the videos for Ring for of Honor. Ring of Honor. Yeah, they'll put them. No, they'll put them. Oh, that's what you're. Oh. Yeah, they're going to pull up the oh, little blanket. There's going to be a 21. Yeah. All of a sudden, Stefan Gilmore has to switch yeah. numbers. Like, yeah, it'd just be a. No, a I think thing. it'd be a video. Right? Yeah. yeah. A video tribute. I, I, I agree. That's what they did for Witten. Yeah. What they did for Romo, his first game calling after coming back. So. Yeah. I think they'll give him a video in a Salvation Army bucket. Yeah. Is oh, there going to be a kettle bucket? involved? Is there going to be a kettle involved? Mm-hmm. I think there's got to be, right? It has to be. That would yeah. be cool. We are going to preview the Cowboys defense versus Zeke in that Pat's offense, too. So, Very cool. Speaking of, um, 
Jerry Jones was asked if Ezekiel Elliott not being on the team is contributing to some of the Cowboys' red zone issues early in the season. Here's the quote from Jerry: "Zeke's unique physicalness is a, is physicalness a word? Uh-huh. Physicalness is always nice to have. It is very good to have. We think of physical on short yardage, and we probably should, but I do not think that physicalness from the running back is contributing to us not getting in the end zone. It is not." I agree with this. I'm going to start here. I agree with this because I think the issues in the past game are predicated around, um, or excuse me, the issues in the red zone game are predicated around the past game. Um, I, I, they're just not getting guys involved. I, I think I, I did. I cracked the numbers on it earlier this week, but uh, Dak is 13 for 30 or something in that uh, range in the red zone, um, not getting guys involved. Brandon Cooks has yet to have a, a red zone reception. Ceedee Lamb um, has has yet to uh, really get going in the red zone as well. No receiver touchdowns across the board, but that's definitely important when you get down in the red zone. So it's mainly been running the ball that has found the most success. Uh, I don't think Zeke not being here has been the biggest catalyst in that I think if they were constantly getting inside the five and not scoring you could definitely point to that uh well it might be a a slight contributor I don't think it's a big issue with their problem the starting receivers not having a touchdown catch to the first three games is way bigger issue than anything going out the run game and short yardage Mm -hmm. and, and Zeke's physicalness and you said yesterday you thought it was less of a personnel issue and more of a creativity and a, a scheme standpoint. I think they're connected. I don't yeah. think you can separate them. Like I said, I think what your quarterback does best, he needs to run for it. So when you're able to run the ball, that opens up things you know, in the passing game. I, now, can they, can, can, they, can they line up and throw the ball? Absolutely they can. But is that how they want to do things? Not at all. Yeah. What's next? Last note I have uh, from Jerry's hit on the fan this morning. Um, he was talking about just red zone in general. He said the woes are, quote, something to note, but he doesn't see them as, quote, a long-range concern. He said we got the guys to get it done absolutely. Mm-hmm. Mm. So it kind of goes hand-in-hand with what we were talking about. Yeah, it kind of goes yeah. back and forth. And you're you're able to look at – I mean, what were the numbers again? I know you had charted them. You, you were talking about – Let me let me pull it up real quick. Yeah, the, the numbers in the red zone – the the fact that he said they weren't concerning is kind of a concern to me because I think it's a concern. I brought that up last week whenever uh, they were going up against the Jets and they had to kick five field goals and there were just multiple <laughs> opportunities where they were on the doorstep but just couldn't actually I knock think the concerned, door down. I think the term concern really is... It's not uh, a problem? It's it's uh, Yeah, I think that's probably the word that's, yeah. that's probably more... Um, appropriate for this particular topic but i think concern it would take a coach not having an answer to say concerned Mm -hmm. i I don't believe that they feel like they don't have the answer i just think that they have not executed so to not execute on something that is on paper and on film absolutely the right thing to do then that just comes down to just more reps which is why you heard you heard coach Coach mccarthy say that he was going to put more emphasis on it this week because they just need to practice it more and be more efficient in it. It's not that what they're scheming up isn't working. What they what they schemed up and were Dak through interception, that was a great play call. Mm-hmm. Just execution was trash. Yeah. Yeah, I wouldn't say after three games into a 17-game season concern. And I think the reason why he might have said, or said that he's not concerned is also because of the, how many red zone trips they've had. Mm-hmm. Kind of feeling like, hey, if we keep getting to the plate and taking that bats, this thing will eventually open up for us. I, I think that's where he's got. And then also because of the players that they have. But, you know, Cooks and, and then Gallup having the game they just did, even though it was in a loss, that was one of the bright spots from that game that showed you that that's probably one of the better games he's had since he'd coming back from the knee injury. Yeah. And for me, I just think CeeDee Lamb is 
top 10 wide receiver in the league. He's gotten better every single year. Um, I, I find it hard to believe that people are going to just routinely keep him from scoring in the red zone. I just don't think that's going to happen. Uh, here are the red zone numbers overall um, in all three games. Dak Prescott is 13 of 28, under 50%, for 74 yards, three touchdowns, and one interception. Uh, on the ground, 37 carries, 105 yards, and three touchdowns. Um, Dallas is 40% touchdown percentage, and the red zone is tied for 27th in the league. Mm. Mm. See, that's the thing. Like, if we're going to use the baseball analogy of getting to the plate and, and taking at bats, I don't want to be hitting 400 in, in this category specifically. Yeah, I know in sure. baseball, 400 is a massive number, but the, you talk about in this standpoint, this was a team that was one of the best in the entire NFL last year in red zone efficiency. You got to keep that rolling. You got to keep get back to that and be able to finish off drives because this offense, it's kind of, it goes back to what we talked about on Monday, I believe, Isaiah. This offense is not built. It's not predicated off of playing from behind. No. This is an offense that likes to play from ahead, win time of possession, mm -hmm. take the air out of the football, move the chains. I mean, there's multiple things that it does. One of the things that it does not do well is charge down the field very quickly and hit that big time play. They can do that. Don't yeah. get us wrong. Yeah. But that's not what it's built to do. No, it's not. And I know a lot of people might not be able to connect the dots on that. So when we talk about this team is not built for you know big plays, this, think about Miami. Miami's built for splash plays. Like that's what they're built for. They're built for guys catching the ball across the middle, wide open, and just taking off and gassing on everybody. Speed, yeah, speed. We right, the speed. fastest guys in the league. Literally the fastest offense in the league. So that's a big play team. Right. That's not to say that they can't do small ball. It just says mm -hmm. that's their that plays to their favor, right? To their to their advantage. Dallas is on the other side of that. Dallas has the ability to still make those splash plays, but that's not what they rely on. Right. You go back to Kellen Moore, I feel like Kellen Moore relied on those big plays, which is why he took more risk. Mm -hmm. Um Coach McCarthy's a lot more um what's the word I'm looking for? I just blacked out. Conservative? There you go. Conservative, okay? So Coach McCarthy's a lot more conservative, right? He's He wants to just ease his way down there. And then he'll splash in some shots just to keep you honest, right? Or just to give his guys an opportunity. But uh, he wants to be more methodical. You know, it, it, it plays to their advantage and plays to the entire structure of this team, not just offense. Yeah. Yeah, the red zone issue would be is, – is become a little bit of a, a more focus for me because I didn't think the defense was capable of playing as poorly as they did. So when they were having the red zone issues, there was a part of me that was like, I mean, probably only need to score 20, 25 a game to win most of these games. But then when you let the Cardinals do that, that changes a little bit of my thinking. And there's going to be some other games where they're going to have to score 30 uh, to win. And, and coming into the season, even after these first two games, I didn't think that was going to be the case. I didn't no. think that you'd need 30 to, to, to win really any of these games. But now that that's definitely changed for me. Points goes hand in hand with my very final note here on News and Notes. Does anyone want to guess um, oh. when the Cowboys do not score 20 or more points in their last 21 contests, do you know the record? So anything less than 21 points? Uh, anything less than 20 points, 20 points. in their okay. last 21 contests. Five, mm. five and 16. I'll say, I'll say it's a little bit better than that. I'll say like 7 and 13. That's 20. <laughs> Oh, twenty one. Twenty one contest, seven and fourteen. Math is hard. I I couldn't remember twenty no, and twenty one. I you're kept good. flipping them. <laughs> I, I, I honestly have no idea, so I'll just split it in the middle and say six wins. Oh and twenty one. Oh wow. They and have 21. lost twenty one straight games when not scoring twenty or more points. And I hate it. So 
Wow. Found that quite interesting. That is um, interesting. Sir. Found that stat yesterday. So Great fun uh, fact. For, for a team that's been predicated off of defense over the last two years, three years, really, wow. That's yeah. shocking to me, honestly, to see that. that but it is a team that is— Oh, and 21? It is a team that straight. has spent for— the last decade plus much more money on their offense than they do on their defense it's very clear when you go to one of those sites that uh where the money is being spent and now it's you know Diggs got his deal michael get his it is you know it'll shift a little bit there but it's pretty obvious where the focus is but 21 games i mean that's a season and and change i mean that's one season and change and throughout the last two seasons what have we looked at as the identity of the of the dallas cowboys it's the defense yeah that's certainly what set the tone yeah i know where the money's spent completely yeah Yeah, i agree with that the head coaches that have been hired the last two offensive so yeah the last time they scored less than 21 a game november 29th 2018 thursday night football game against the saints 13 to 10 if y'all remember that one, I, I do, do remember that. Yeah, one. it was a very yeah. weird game. I that remember was that one for sure. But uh, but yeah, uh, twenty one contests since then that they have scored twenty or less points took the L. Was that the game where Jalen Smith stopped Alvin Kamara at the goal line um, a couple times? You remember that? No. Was that at AT and T? Jalen Smith stopping. I'm gonna say Deshaun Watson at the goal line. I remember that a little bit. Against I'll have Houston, to go. I'll, let me go see if it I was the Houston it. game. He stopped him. Maybe that's yeah. what it was. Who stopped Alvin Kamara at the goal line? Then was it not Jalen Smith? It might have been not. Was it Leighton? Maybe I don't remember. I'm I'll sure. have to go find it. There's yeah. There's there's definitely a play in there somewhere. All right, let's take our first break. When we come back, we're gonna take a look around the National Football League with our guy John Machota. We have some national storylines to hit, and we'll get our reaction to that with more talking Cowboys right after this. Todd thought it would be secure to jog in the cheetah savannah. Todd believed the big cat repellent he bought online was reliable. And now Todd is trying to be faster than this cheetah that can run 80 miles per hour. But the good news is Todd has AT&T 5G that is fast, reliable, and secure. And he learned the best thing to do is stop running and toss her the backpack with the beef stew. AT&T 5G. Fast, reliable, secure. It's not complicated. 5G requires compatible plan and device. 5G may not be available in your area. See att.com slash 5G for you for details. Black Rifle Coffee Company serves premium coffee to people who love America. When you drink Black Rifle Coffee, you are directly supporting veterans, law enforcement, and first responders in your community. Black Rifle's expert roasters love coffee almost as much as Texas loves football, so it makes sense that America's Coffee partnered with America's team. Go online at BlackRifleCoffee.com and fuel up with the official coffee of the Dallas Cowboys. That's BlackRifleCoffee.com to fuel up today. Cowboys fans, after that move, we've just coined the term Rowdy Replay. Let's roll back the tape. Okay, there's our mascot Rowdy cheering on the boys, and now he's on his phone on his Bank of America mobile banking app? Staying on top of his finances with his virtual financial assistant, Erica. Bank of America's digital tools are so impressive, Cowboys fans just can't stop banking. Learn more at bankofamerica.com slash can't stop banking. Erica is only available in the English language. You must download the latest version of the mobile banking app, only available on select mobile devices. Message and data rates may apply. Member FDIC. Welcome back into Dear Doctor, the show where I answer life's questions with an ice-cold can of Dr. Pepper. Sheila, let's hear from our next caller, would you? Dear doctor, my friend supported me during a tough time, but what's the right gift that says, thanks for being a shoulder to cry on? Okay, this one's easy. I say give her a delicious Dr. Pepper. Nothing says, thanks, girl. Better than a -a one-of-a-kind soda. Yes, any Dr. Pepper flavor will do. Now, just a reminder that I don't need to be a real doctor to know that Dr. Pepper is the one you deserve. Back to Talkin' Cowboys. 
Back here on Talking Cowboys, this portion of the show is brought to you by Quaker Oats, a super-trusted superfood. Quaker Oats, the official oatmeal sponsor of the Dallas Cowboys. Got my oats in today. Did you? Yeah, I did. Good. Good for you. <laughs> Get that work in today? Please. Working last night. Please. Uh, by the way, we did have one response from our fellow DallasCowboys.com podcast. What we got here? Oh, no. Yeah, Patrick Nosey Walker, former, oh. former member of, Dallas, uh, of Talking Man. Cowboys, avid listener, listens all the time. He's going to say something crazy. Avid hater. He's, <laughs> he goes, he's going to say something hater. crazy. Uh, for the record, I'm wrecking all of you in oh, that pod gosh. chat. You know, oh, let me start this Stop. one. Right. I was joking about Barry Church and Danny McRae. Patrick Walker can definitely not cover me. <laughs> Let the record stay. I told him at the beginning of training camp, let's I was like, hey, go. see me on the court. You know, I let, let's go hoop sometime. He chose avoidance instead of violence. Quiet. Let's go. Silence. Let's go. Zero. We want the smoke over I here on Talking Cowboys. I said, one shot me. One shot me. Uh, <laughs> no, see, you, you don't want to see this. Ooh. Oh, man. Hey, I like it. Bars. <laughs> yeah, let's like go. That? No, you see like does that? not want to see it. Mm. I, you know how I know No C doesn't want to see us? Oh, why is that? Because when we went out on the field and broke down some some coverages, we did a walkthrough for a pregame live last year. No C looked uncomfortable in the uniform. <laughs> what? He looked uncomfortable. He was he was, he was not uncomfortable. He looked uncomfortable. I can't say what he was. But I can say what he looked like. Mm. He looked uncomfortable. He don't want this No C. Okay. <laughs> All right. No C on your podcast. Who, who's doing what? I, I said that too. That was my response. Tell I said, "Who's getting the ball yeah. out, out there to you?" Derek don't, have, Derek don't have no hands. He said, he said QB option all day. And he no. said, "I'll QB." No, God, <laughs> can't do it all. Golly, um, there no, we go. Yeah, they, they have zero chance. If you miss the show, the start of the show, then just go back and listen to it on iTunes, and well, that'll catch you up. They might be That's on the same level as Mix Shots. Oh, Tony. In terms of. Uh, in terms hey, of ability. Hey, 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 do not doubt McKee's athletic ability. Bill that Jones man, has got a cannon. That man ha- biked like 10 miles every day. Oh, I know he's, yeah, he's yeah, way yeah. more athletic Absolutely. than me. Absolutely. I mean, Derek Dar- Eagleton runs 7,200 miles per week, <laughs> but that doesn't help him in football. 7,200. <laughs> <laughs> what a number. All right, John, this is a new segment we're going to do every Wednesday. Let's go. National Storylines with John Machoda. And this could be anything from the Dallas Cowboys, or it could be anything outside of the Cowboys uh, in the NFL. NFL and the NFC East, just kind of wherever you want to take it, where do you want to start us off? I'm starting off with the NFL in, in general and just coming off of this weekend with that Dolphins win. There's three teams right now that are undefeated left in the NFL, and it's the Dolphins, Eagles, and Niners. Mm. Of those three teams, how would you rank them in terms of having the best chance of winning the Super Bowl? Because the Dolphins look great. But to me, they would clearly be third out of out of that group mm. because of what they would have to go through. I think it Eagles and <laughs> I think <laughs> I Eagles. Giving them a I think Eagles. Look. I think Eagles and Niners right now are the front runners to play each other in the NFC Championship game. So that's a good chance that one of those get there. I don't. I don't. I don't like the Dolphins having to go through Buffalo and Kansas City mm-hmm. or. Cincinnati and Kansas City to get to the Super Bowl. I, I, I will I will take Cincinnati today. The one, like Cincinnati, like the okay. one and two. Let me give you. Let me give you a good, yeah, let me give you a good Cincinnati Bengals. Do you think Cincinnati Bengals last year in the playoffs were the same Cincinnati Bengals that the Cowboys beat early in the season? Like I'm just. Asking, I mean, I'm asking. No, like, are, I, I, are, we, are we making our predictions? No, I mean, yeah, it's like a projection. Yeah, pro- when, they, when they're at full full. Oh speed. yeah, full, full speed. I'm saying okay. at the end of the year, like I, yeah. I, if I'm picking right now, I like, I like. The NFC teams, those two, they have a better shot than I think of the Dolphins at the end of the year getting through 
Bengals slash Bills slash Kansas City. That's just a tough road, and okay. I don't like their chances there. What, what do you, okay, so it's not the better team. We're no, no, no. Who's got the, the best chance the best to win the Super Bowl, to win Super Bowl out of Super those Bowl. three teams that are 3-0 gotcha. right now? Yeah, I'm going with Miami. Okay. Why is that? Because I think that their offense is absolutely explosive. It's just, it's just hard to stop. McDaniels is just way too creative. And then defensively, by the end of the year, they will have somebody by the name of Jalen Ramsey added to that defense. And their defense is going to be nasty as well. So I like them because they can score fast and they can defend. Um, Philly and 49ers have more in the trenches. I don't think Kansas City has figured themselves out yet. I don't think that Cincinnati will will even figure themselves out by that point. I don't think Burrow's going to be healthy at any point in time this year. Mm-hmm. Okay. I think that calf is going to be a, a lingering Linger. issue for him. I, I'm i under the impression that Miami is – I've, I've got to be careful how to say this. They're not a fraud. I thought you were going to say overrated. They're uh, overrated's fine. Yeah, I think overrated's fine. They've got speed, sure, but tell me one thing that they do better other than speed than the Forty ers Tell me what what do they do better than the Forty ers other than the speed? More speed pace. That's speed. That's not just speed. What are you talking about? Debo Samuel and Christian McCaffrey are as explosive guys. as anybody. They, they, have, get, they have more guys that they utilize. They get more guys open. Yeah. And I, I think that's so that, saying the that creativity. Helped. They have a better quarterback. Kyle, you're saying Kyle Shanahan's not creative on offense? I said he's not as creative as McDaniels. Not at all. Mm. So, but you, and you don't, don't think. I would trust Kyle Shanahan. Not at all. And I'll take, two, I'll take two all day long. But hold oh, on. If you're going to bring party. up the Joe Burrow thing, then I got to say, then you're also betting on two to stay healthy all season. Yes, you are. Absolutely. You said full speed. You said full speed. So you're betting on him to be. Absolutely. If the Bengals are full speed, I'm taking the Bengals over the Dolphins. Any day. Mm-mm. Same thing with the Chiefs. If the Chiefs are full steam, even with the wide receiver questions that they've had. If they figure things out from a pass catcher standpoint, give me the Chiefs over the Dolphins. All I, don't, I don't feel I don't fear Cincinnati. For me, I'm going to split them right down the middle. Split the NFC teams right down the middle. I'm going Philly, Miami, San Francisco. I think Philly, with the addition of DeAndre Swift, has it's it's going to be it's legitimate. Be really Philly with difficult. this offense. Excuse me, but this current offense that they have. I mean, if they're if they're not forcing to throw the ball on first and second down every every drive out, then yeah, they'll they'll have it figured out. It's not a question mark. I think me. I would do. I think I would go San Francisco, Philly, then Miami. Those would be my three. That would be mine as well. Yeah, I think that's where <laughs> I would head head up. Miami's really good. Don't get me wrong. Miami's Miami, also not battle. Miami tested. was really no, good not. last Miami, year. Just me seeing bit. Miami having to go through those two teams in the AFC and then beat the Niners. Like, hey. Do it. Have fun. <laughs> get after Good. it. Go get them. Yeah. That's all you. And and that's the thing is Philly and, and the 49ers have at least been there before with Absolutely. a considerable core from what their teams are made of right now. I'm telling you this. And I was looking Miami at the has never been close. I was looking at the offense for Miami. Yes. Uh, I think that was, what is today, Wednesday? It was on Monday because I wanted to go back and see how, how somebody gave up 70 points in an NFL game. <laughs> um, and uh, I, I was looking around at those weapons, and I was like, man, have Man. Fun. Have they fun. have some weapons. I, I wish. And their coach is amazing. Yeah. He's, their coach is yeah. amazing. He's different. He's a different dude. That, that is, Miami's different. He's Miami's a re- different. He, the I, reason I why he's a them. head coach is because of his ability to get everybody open. Who's the last like real different coach, though, that <clears throat> won that Super Bowl like on the first time getting in the playoffs, making a deep run like that? Because I feel like all those Sh- Sean McVay's, Kyle Shanahan, you got to kind of knock on the door a little bit before you finally get there. What? Mm-hmm. What? Why didn't Miami not make the big run last year? They I think of two, I always injuries. think of two always get yeah. hurt. That's two. my whole thing. If you tell me they keep building on this and Tua stays healthy and all that, don't get me wrong. That's why I'm bringing them up. Yeah, I do think yeah. they have a chance. It's just that I got to see it just because they haven't been one of those teams that's been there 
really since probably the team that went undefeated. I hear you. I'm not back going in what was that 70s? Because even with the Dan Marino teams, like yeah. it was always like, oh, this is That's so exciting. But you're just like, ah, I don't That's think this is really going to do. I don't like history. Doesn't really mean no. I know. I know. But I do. Nothing to do with these guys now. But I will say though, I do think history speaks a lot. And I can stand. Stand. Hey, call me out if if anyone's listening and you can think of one. But like, I just can't think of any coach that just boom, first time, boom, in there, gone, Super Bowl, got it. Like everyone has to knock on the door before they get it. Mm. I guess maybe Mike McCarthy with those Packers with that Packers team. See, but even he went. Yeah, once it was a few before, years, right? Yeah, or well, a couple times, not to the Super Bowl, but he yeah. had gone to at least a championship game prior to that, right? Mm. I don't know if they did. He started in 06, right, with the Packers. Yeah. Yeah. Something so like that. It so, was, I mean, even like, years. did Sean Payton go right away? Was that, I know it was early in his time with the Saints, but I don't know if it was like right away like that. But maybe we'll have to do uh, some research. Barry I'm Switzer. just, hey, to be honest with you, I'm just happy <laughs> that there was some debate on it because I thought it was going to be kind of a, yeah, no one cares. It's three teams. It's, Miami's, yeah. da- Miami's okay. dangerous. And Dallas, I can't wait for that game. The next one I had for you Barry guys, because I, I feel like we just have to talk about it because it's such a big deal right now. I and mean, Jerry was asked about it on the radio, and it, and this can be just real quick, but I'm just wondering your guys' thoughts on, do you think if this Taylor Swift stuff keeps building, that it in any way it could be distraction for the Chiefs? Mm. Like if she's going at, you know, I know she's got a tour still going on and stuff like that, but where it becomes, it has just been the biggest story this first week. I think they had over 24 million viewers for that game, and it clearly wasn't because the Chiefs were playing the Chicago Bears. Uh, it was the most watched game this week. The 400% Travis Kelsey jersey sales have been increased. Um, 300,000 new Instagram followers for Travis Kelsey. Like, Yeah, like, do you think at all that that could be a distraction or because of the fact that they are pretty battle-tested, been there, done that for the better part of the last five-plus years, that it won't, won't be in it? The only reason I bring it up is because I remember there was that thing Bill Parcells would always say. But, but Now, he was talking about quarterback, but didn't want celebrity quarterback, didn't mm-hmm. want all that type of stuff like that, but... For a tight end like that, do you guys think that that will be a distraction at all for them? I don't know, man. I know we had a lot of people dating famous people when I was here. Nobody cared. Yeah. <laughs> Romo was dating See, but it somebody. wasn't Taylor Swift, though. Yeah. Uh, Miles Austin was dating Kim Kardashian. Oh, yeah, that's uh, right. Tony yeah, Romo yeah. was dating uh, Jessica Simpson. Jessica like that Simpson. Yeah. Like, nobody cared. Yeah, okay. The Miles Austin thing, just that was a memory I did not remember. <laughs> like, I did not think I had. But now it just came flooding. But oh, I completely back. forgot about yeah, that. Yeah, you're welcome. Wow. Here's yeah. some numbers here from. Uh, <laughs> we got a lot going on over here. <laughs> courtesy of Front Office Sports, 400% spike in Travis Kelsey jersey sales. Kelsey's podcast ranks number one overall on Apple. Kelsey has added 383,000 Instagram followers. Uh, the Kansas City game on Sunday had 24.3 million viewers. It was the number one game of the week, and it had a 63% jump in female viewers age 18 to 49. <laughs> okay. Again, okay. we didn't have to stand that bare line. I just wanted to touch on that real quick. The other one is because of how badly the Broncos have played, I feel like we're in such a time now where any like little thing goes wrong, all of a sudden everybody's entire career doesn't matter, and now all of a sudden everyone's questioning Sean Payton. Mm-hmm. And so me, selfishly, I just wanted to ask this, especially because Isaiah's on the show. So because everyone's already downgrading Sean Payton immediately, mm. I've noticed that on a bigger scale with – who I think is the greatest NFL coach ever, and Bill Belichick, and now all of a sudden it's like, well, look what he's done. You can't. It was all Brady. So I've always been a person where, if again, this is coming from being someone that grew up watching just some of the worst Lions football, I always said that I would rather have Belichick than Brady because of the fact that I don't think Tom Brady with those Matt Millen teams is getting anywhere, whereas. Bill Belichick can reset the entire thing. He's in charge of players. He's in charge of coaching the team. I think there's a better chance to turn it around with him. But with that being said, 
Tom wins the Super Bowl without him. So I wonder what your guys' percentage is on who was more important. With the Cowboys about to play the Patriots, mm. what's the percentage? Who was more important to that Patriots dynasty, Tom Brady or Bill Belichick? And like, how far away is it? Is it 50-50? Is it more Brady? Is it more Belichick? You were in that room. I want to let you start. Yeah, that's why I wanted to ask this. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> that's tough. Careful. I mean, I, I have to say Belichick. I mean, as great as Tom is, I have to say Belichick because Tom Brady was responsible for himself and Belichick was responsible for bringing us, bringing everybody else in and building that complete team. And so we obviously know how dominant Tom Brady was, but there was a defense out there as well. There was a special teams mm-hmm. out there as well. Um, so I think that holistically, Bill Belichick is more important to that entire organization than just a Tom Brady. Would you, if you were to ask the same question <clears throat> to your teammates – to, to the guys that were in that room, would they all say oh, something I similar? I don't know. I can't. Speak what would to you it. think the percentage would be? I don't know. I really don't know. There's some guys that have some really good relationships with Tom, so it yeah. might be swayed that way. A little um, bit different. But I mean, I, I think about it from the organizational standpoint, right? I mean, they we had some really good defenses out there when I my, at least my time that I was there, and I mean. Yeah, they got Hall of Famers that were on those defenses as well. Yeah, a good amount of them. So I also, I mean, my always thing. I, I think bring I mean, up actually, there's more Hall of Famers on defense in New England than there are offense. on offense. Yeah. I, the, the way I always looked at it, too, was that I think Brady had a lot. I mean, Belichick had a lot to do with especially developing Brady early on because, to your point, like some of those defenses early on in Brady's career, you know, they weren't looking at him like they were towards the next 10, 15 years where it was like, no, no, we keep him in it. Tom, Tom can win this game. There was a lot more of like that defense was so loaded. Obviously, Bill's one of the greatest, if not the greatest, defensive yeah. coaches. So I mean, you just go down the line of all the defensive guys that they – you could think about more polarizing defensive players in New England than you can offensive. Does that credit Tom Brady, though, on how crucial he was to the success on the offensive side of the ball? I mean, yeah, he has a lot of. I mean, obviously, yeah, he's he's huge. I know he's crucial, but yeah. we're talking about who was yeah. the most. That's important what I'm saying. I think Belichick the was two. the most important man because you don't have, you can have a a great offense. You can be swayed just to the offense just because of Tom Brady and then ignore the defense, but you can't because Belichick put together one heck of a defense. And the reason why we still talk about Belichick the way we do today, the reason why we talk about this defense against the against the Cowboys is because of this defense. Yeah, this defense. No matter what, this defense is always solid. Tom Brady or not. I'll say this, whenever they were together and going on those runs, I was a really big hater of Tom Brady because I'm a hater naturally. <laughs> and so I was I was always like this Not as much is, as no C, but it's this okay. is seventy percent Belichick, thirty percent Brady. If you had asked me at that time, yeah. that's what I would have said. Now I'd probably say it's closer to fifty fifty. Yeah. I, I kinda agree with you on that. Yeah. Um last one I had, do we have time for one more? Yeah, uh real quick, yeah. Okay. Um it was the MVP favorites right now. Your guy too, huh? <laughs> Patrick Mahomes, Hertz, and Josh Allen. There's a significant Drop off. drop off of those four yeah. are the top are the top guys right now. Yeah, right um, now. These are like betting odds. Favorites, yeah, like, right? yeah. But so projecting, what would you think? Who who will be the MVP by the end of the season? Yeah, at this pace. Yeah, yeah. Tua. Yeah, I think I would have to say Tua there too. But you also look at. I think there's there's like a it's like an anti recency bias with Patrick Mahomes. Like, let's not give it to him Absolutely. three straight years. Yeah. Like, I don't know if there's. That kind of thought process and yeah. voting aspect, almost but, like with LeBron, where you're no like, there's pitch. so many years where you're like, well, LeBron is the most valuable yeah. player, but he didn't. But he didn't I, win I mean, yeah, but I, I take I take the history element out. I like I really like men in black myself, like neuralize okay. myself from the past. Like based upon right now, it's clear it's Tua. I wish you were more of a 
had a vote in the stuff because I think that there are too many people that yeah. do have a say in it that are the opposite yeah. of what yeah. he is. That they that, do have yeah, a history. Like, well, you know, all this stuff in the past, yeah. like that. You neuralize yeah. yourself. But it is, yeah, it is about this season. It's not about your whole career. So yeah, I guess if Tua is on the continues on this pace, it'd be hard to give it to anybody. Yeah, if, but the, him for if sure. the season ended today and yeah. it, that, that was the sample size, I would have voted to I'll it. give it a really quick NBA comparison. The last two seasons before this last one, it was Nikola Jokic that won the MVP. The second year, it should have been Embiid, but then this year, this past year in 22-23, they just gave it to Embiid when really Jokic, that was the one he deserved mm-hmm. the most. Yeah. So like, yeah, it, it's weird how voters kind of go about those things. For me, right now, on this pace, I'd have to give it to Tua. Yeah. yeah. All right. There you go. So there's some national storylines with John Machoda. I like that. A little change of pace. We talk Cowboys a lot. We're going to still talk some Cowboys when we come back. We're previewing the Cowboys defense versus Ezekiel Elliott and the Patriots offense. What is the challenge on both sides of the football for that one? When we come back with more talking Cowboys right after this. They say champions are remembered, but legends are never forgotten. United Ag and Turf offers a winning lineup of John Deere equipment built to tackle any challenge on and off the field. Legendary John Deere tractors, combines, residential mowers, commercial mowers, compact construction equipment, gator utility vehicles, and a full line of golf and sports turf equipment. United Ag and Turf, the official Ag and Turf equipment supplier of the Dallas Cowboys. Visit unitedagandturf.com to find a location near you. Are you ready to take coffee off your grocery list forever? Black Rifle Coffee Club is here to help. As a coffee club member, you'll get your favorite coffees roasted, packaged, and shipped to your door free of charge on your preferred schedule. Set it, forget it, and never run low on coffee again. Members also get exclusive deals on coffee, products, and discounts from partner brands. Ease your mind and let Black Rifle worry about your coffee supply. Go to BlackRifleCoffee.com to join the coffee club today. It's the official men's skincare brand of the Dallas Cowboys, Jack Black. And right now, Cowboys fans can get 15% off their $75 order. Plus, because every deal needs a playmaker, your order will include a free five-piece skincare set and free shipping. The Jack Black Playmaker is four of Jack's favorites and a full-sized intense therapy lip balm. Make a play for the playmaker at GetJackBlack.com slash Cowboys with the code CowboysVIP. That's GetJackBlack.com. Black.com slash Cowboys with the code CowboysVIP. Todd thought it would be secure to jog in the cheetah savannah. Todd believed the big cat repellent he bought online was reliable. And now Todd is trying to be faster than this cheetah that can run 80 miles per hour. But the good news is Todd has AT&T 5G that is fast, reliable, and secure. And he learned the best thing to do is stop running and toss her the backpack with the beef stew. AT&T 5G. Fast, reliable, secure. It's not complicated. 5G requires compatible plan and device. 5G may not be available in your area. See att.com slash 5G for you for details. Back to Talking Cowboys. Back here on Talking Cowboys, this segment of the show is brought to you by Invisalign, the official smile of the Dallas Cowboys. Preparing to preview the Patriots at the Dallas Cowboys, 325 kickoff this week on Fox. We've got Isaiah Stanback, John Machota, Nick Harris, Chris Beam in the back, and Kyle Yeomans. Nick, when you look at this matchup, is this your favorite unit versus unit matchup? The Cowboys defense versus the Patriots offense. Of course, we've talked about Ezekiel Elliott and his return, and that's going to be a talking point all week. But what kind of challenge is on both 
units to try and get the job done. This uh, what week. do you mean by favorite? Matchup? Like, uh, I mean, would you rather? Would you think this is your favorite Cowboys defense versus the Patriots or the Cowboys offense? Oh, that's versus interesting. The Patriots. Yeah, um, yeah. I would say, uh, oh, that's that's a fun one. I would probably say the defense, just because there's a really good opportunity for them to bounce back this week, um, and it's. They have some similar weapons as um, Arizona does in the fact that they really like to use their tight ends uh, um, New England has through these first three games. So there's going to be a little bit of the same there, even though Arizona didn't really use the tight ends um, uh, last Sunday. They have they have had the history of doing that this season. So similar type weapons, but also just being able to go up against Zeke. I think that's going to be a challenge that everyone's going to be really excited about. Ramondre Stevenson is also a, a healthy challenge in his own right. Um, you know, you got guys like Kendrick Bourne in the um, receiving core, Juju Smith Schuster, who, you know, depending on who you ask, you know, still has the juice, doesn't have the juice, but regardless, he's already up to double digit receptions this year. Um, so I, I think there's, there's some interesting challenges that uh, present themselves, but I think this defense has a really good opportunity to bounce back. Yeah, I would agree with a lot of that. I mean, there isn't like that one receiver that really stands out like a CD Lamb. Mm-hmm. It's kind of a, a group thing with them more so. The thing when I look at their offense, I just wonder how much. Are they going to try and do more with Zeke with him playing in this game against the Cowboys, or are they going to try and keep it the same way as they have? And not, I just wonder, like especially if they get in the red zone, are they going to do anything more so with Zeke, like just because of how big this game is for him and things like that? Doesn't seem like that's a Belichick thing to do, yeah. but that is one area where I'll keep my eye on. And then, you know, Hunter Henry, good tight end, Gasecki. I mean, they've they've invested in that position certainly, um, but. Kind of like the Cardinals, it just there aren't a lot of those pieces that just jump out at me. Like, man, you got to shut down. Like, like for Bill Belichick, I feel like he's going to go out of his way to try and shut down C.D. Lamb. I don't really look at this offense and go, "Well, you have to take this one player away, or everything will." They kind of come at you from a lot of different spots. I know Billy O'Brien all too well. I sat in the room with him. He was my quarterback coach and my offensive coordinator when I was in New England. You know all these guys. Well, he brings his same guys back. Yeah, he likes consistency. That's true. Um, he rotates between two offensive coordinators only. Uh, <laughs> so, being that one's a head coach now, he brought yeah. the other one back. Uh, but Billy O'Brien is the most intense offensive coordinator I've ever been around. Not even a question. This dude drinks drinks energy drinks, and is the most jacked up. I mean, you guys probably remember him from Hard Knocks in, yeah. in Houston. He's intense and he's competitive as. Has all get out. It's one of the reasons why he had to leave because him and Tom Brady were so competitive that they. Oh, I remember that on the sideline a couple times. Yeah, I know a lot more. Yeah, Um, (laughs) (laughs) there was was a lot of intense conversations. He's he is that intense of a guy. He's going to be jacked up for this game, and he is going to have all his bag of tricks. Um, The only thing that's hindering this offense has been their quarterback play. They have a lot of a lot of resources. Like to your point, they're not going to highlight just one guy. That's not what he does. This was the most complicated offense I had ever been in in my entire life. There, you do. There's hardly any guys that line up and just have one route that they're supposed to run. So when I mentioned things in the past in terms of Zeke having to read coverages and what some of the things Kellen Moore was trying to do last year in the first half of the season that was causing a lot of miscommunication issues between CD and Dak and where somebody's supposed to be. Do I break in? Do I break out? This is that offense. So these guys are always in a position to run a route that puts them in an open position Yeah, based upon what the coverage is. So Dan Quinn's going to have to be on his game. I'm just telling you straight up. I don't, Regardless of the fact they don't have a dude, these guys always have options based upon the coverages that you run. So if you don't disguise your 
coverages. If you just line up and play it as it is, don't think that you just go talent on talent and think that you're just going to win this matchup every single time. That's not going to be the case. This, you, you will get out-schemed. This is a big prove-it game for that defense because if they don't show up, like like you said, it could be it could be a nightmare. And then they're looking at two and two going into San Francisco and going into L.A. Like that's they can either come out of this two and four or five and one. Yeah, or yeah, my math's right. Yeah. Five and one or two and four. I, this is a big turning point this game, and I, I feel like this defense specifically is going to be challenged quite a bit to those points that you just said. So um, you know we're gonna see. We're gonna see. I expect the defense to bounce back, though, off yeah. of the way that they played to put on film what they put out there. I, I would be surprised if they looked anything like that against the, the way they played against the Cardinals, uh, and that starts with Micah Parsons. Like I expect him to have a bounce back game. I, I totally agree. I, I just I'm just speaking to the to the man that's responsible for their offense. He whatever you put on film, he is going to try. To, he will run you into the ground. Yeah, like. And try to embarrass you. So Deron Bland, he's coming at you. I'm telling you right now, like right now, to prove a point. And, and he will he will throw the ball at you every single time until you prove that you can stop him. He is that type of dude. Yeah. Um, J. Ron Curse, you, you haven't been tested yet. He will test you to see. He's gonna he's gonna look at his guy Hunter Henry. He's gonna say, hey, head up, like, head up, and. <laughs> You know what I'm saying? Like straight up. He's like, I'm telling you, that's the type of dude. He's gonna say he's gonna curse you out and challenge you at challenge your manhood and say, Can can he stop you straight up and down? Yeah. I'm coming, I'm coming at you with the ball. Yeah. And that's what you're gonna have. So you're gonna you're gonna get tested in that regard. And if the defense of line gives up any kind of running room, he will run the ball every single time. And Coach Belichick will get in his ear. I've been on the earpiece with him and say, Run it. Run it. Run it. <laughs> and they will run the ball fifteen times on a drive. Until you until you show that you can stop it, I expect there to be a bounce back too, especially from the defensive side. I, like you said, John, I I don't think I think they were offended in in the way that they played the, in the way that they watched the film back. I mean, even talking with Osa on Monday, Dan Quinn, we got to hear from him as well. Like they they are not happy with the way that they played, and, and deservedly so. It wasn't their best game, and they know that. Uh, the the thing. Going back to to Nick's point, I was asked this on the the radio this morning: is is this a must win game? For the Cowboys, I don't think it is a must win because of course like it's <laughs> it's early in the season. But from a from a week well let Go me ahead. Uh, yeah, let me finish. From point, a please, week please. four standpoint, it's about as high as a must win as you could possibly have. Because if you do go two and two against San Francisco, you lose that game, you're at two and three. Then you could be a two and four after that. I mean, you're looking at the bye week being a complete reset a in a bad way. I mean, it could no, be. You can just catch up on that back end when you go Buffalo, Miami, Detroit. Just knock it all out. Yeah, yeah. Win, it's like 2018 win, when they went win. to the bye week, like three and four <laughs> yeah. or whatever yeah. it was. But, yeah. um, it, it would be. I understand what you're saying. It would be a down. It's not a must win because you're not in a 100% playoff or go home atmosphere. Like, it's not a must win, but it's very close to being that at week four. If the, if you if they lose this week, Isaiah, the way you're looking at me, they're in trouble. If they lose this week, they're in trouble. Are they going to miss the playoffs? Possibly. You can't 100 percent say that. I can't. So it's not a must win. <laughs> so, so when you say must win, it's uh, the, so there's, the there's, term there's, must there's, win there's is different thrown around categories. Way too you're, much. You're absolutely correct. Ding. For their psychology, for their for their for their for their mental, this is a must win. Sure, absolutely. But it's not a must win from a probability standpoint. No, not at all. No, that's why we have to be very specific about how we how we apply that term. <laughs> From their mentality, they have to have this game. No. And they are going to – the defense has to be dominant. I'll mm-hmm. put it that way. The defense has to be dominant in this game. We'll talk about their defense because this is another balls-to-the-wall 
defensive line across the board. They don't stop. Yeah. And there's not really the weaponry that you look at. I mean, there wasn't really last week with Arizona either. <laughs> but there, there's not really a weaponry with this Patriots offense that scares you if you're the Dallas defense, right? But I will but tell not, you, not, looking not, on paper, not a, that uh, thing scares me more than the Cardinals one did. Yeah. Which is, uh, and then the Cardinals sure. one, they had a bunch of guys there that were doing some things that you're just like, eh. He'll remember that game for a long time. But they had speed on the All outside. Right. They had the scheme. Like it, there were things that the Cardinals did. It's more of a it's a completely different attack from a Patriots standpoint, though, right? Totally do. This is cerebral. This yeah. is this is gonna be straight cerebral. So I'm, again, if you show any weakness, that's where they're going. They're attacking that weakness. But every anybody and everybody can get the ball on this team. It's not about one guy. They don't care. I mean, look at the history. I mean, you could be a seventh running back on a depth chart and you're still gonna run a touchdown. You know, like it doesn't. They don't care who gets the credit. They really don't. This is all about team out there. Run it. I mean, <laughs> run it. Really, that's been for most of Belichick's time in New England. I mean, I know they obviously had the Gronk years and uh, the time with Randy Moss, but for the most part, it has been spreading it around to a bunch of different guys that you really don't know from week to week. And mm-hmm. and, and even going to some of those Super Bowls, like you would go in thinking that okay, well, you got to take away Edelman or something like this. And next thing you know, he's you know they're throwing. 15, 20 passes to the running backs in the flat, yep. you know? So, yeah, it'll be interesting to see. I just – I think this matchup is a better fit for the Cowboys mm-hmm. than the way the Cardinals played. But I keep going back to – I'm just stunned that that Cardinals group of uh, weapons did what they did against this defense. And, and to your point, Stevenson, the running back, has the fourth most targets on this team and the third most yards. Mm. Uh, receiving? Yeah. Yeah. Utilized, yeah, yeah. They don't care. And tight ends and running backs, like that's that's their bread and butter. Absolutely, that's their bread and butter. Middle of the field. That's why I say. I mean, curse. Look how much they've invested in receivers oh, yeah. throughout the years. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> curse, get on your horse. Like yeah. you better strap your ankles up. Just like the players lounge when they play us seven on seven. Woo! You better wear ankle braces, baby. <laughs> <laughs> that does it for us here on Talking Cowboys. Tomorrow we'll have Isaiah's QB vision, the scouting report of the Patriots defense. We'll look ahead to the the Pats and. The Cowboys 325 kickoff on Fox on Sunday. For Chris Beam, Isaiah Stanback, John Machota, Nick Harris, I'm Kyle Yeoman saying so long from the star in Frisco. We'll see you tomorrow with more Talking Cowboys. This has been a production of DallasCowboys.com and the Dallas Cowboys Football Club. How about this, Cowboys?